<laughs> Peg, you want to get that? It's probably the homeless on their It Could Be Worse tour. <laughs> Let's rock. I get a open. No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. Hey, what's up, guys? It's the Married with Children podcast, live in the nudie bar. This is Al. I am joined by the guy who was once a mighty oak and now just a hanging vine, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? For the record, vines take over everything. I just, instead of being one single entity for everyone to see, I wanted my fingers in everyone. I meant everything. And so now, now it's vines. Jeez, why did I, why did I introduce this guy? You're the one making the mistakes here. I don't know. Well, uh, luckily, I'm also joined by the guy who is wondering why Bruce Willis is a star. Justin, what's up, man? You know, I mean, Die Hard is good, but what else does he have? Six cents. <laughs> That's yeah, good because no. of Shyamalan. I wouldn't even say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie got dated really quick. You know what's That's funny? I never even seen that movie, so I can't. What? I can't say Die much. Hard. No, no, of course I've seen <laughs> Die Hard. Seriously, I, dude. You're from a horror god podcast. I expect you to have seen The Sixth Sense. Not Die fucking... Hard is my favorite action movie. Okay, well, I thought Terminator Two was your favorite action movie. Okay, that is, but I look at that. Oh, movie, like, oh, look. I, look you're right. You're right. I take. You're right. Right. I watch your YouTube videos on Laserdisc. That okay. was cool, wasn't it? Yeah. That was dope. He Jerry likes to be right lately. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, Jerry be right. Instead of Johnny be gone, Jerry <laughs> be right. Well, speaking of uh, odd titles, how about Impodent? It's impotent. Uh, that's a play on the word impodent, like a dent in a car, you know, like a fire hydrant shaped dent. Uh, when Marcy accidentally dents Steve's brand new Mercedes, she finds it affects more than just his performance on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, this uh, episode first aired February 28th, 1988. This is an historic episode for a couple reasons. One of them, you know, they, they toyed with the idea of bringing in the Tang joke. Uh, I believe season one, but as we all know, at that point, you know, the show was just getting warmed up. Nobody knew who these people were. So I guess they couldn't get it or couldn't afford it or something, and they had Tri-C <laughs> instead. So this, I believe, is the first episode, right, where they pull out an actual Tang jar. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think so, too. This episode is is just cruel. <laughs> Right from the beginning, when it comes to this family, I mean, these kids are just rummaging through the cabinets looking for something to eat. You know, that's the thing with the Bundys. They don't eat. You know, the mouse ate better than Al before it died. Bud finds, you know, a Tang bottle that's like empty, I guess, just like bare remnants of it. And, you know, him and Kelly fight over it and they both just down the powder. They don't even turn it into the, the drink. 
<laughs> they're just <laughs> they just want to taste something. I got like I don't even know what that was, or maybe they just had to down it real quick because Al was there. They didn't get a chance to, you know, set it up how they wanted. They just wanted to make sure they consumed it. Um, so you know they they go ahead and down the tang dry, and then Al says so. Uh, you know he realizes they try to you know one up him, and uh, he one ups them. Pulls out a piece of bread that came out of a jar, like, like, is that like the hidden bread, the hidden food in the house or something? <laughs> like, I, I, I gotta sit here and quit. Like, I like the opening's really funny, but I'm like, one, Bud, you're terrible at hiding things. Whether it's the tang looking like the chest burster coming out of your shirt, uh, the previous episode where. He didn't hide his flashlight and mask very well. Right. Like, he's just really bad at this. And then when it comes to the 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 opening food joke, I have to wonder, is this joke maybe a little too far that they absolutely have nothing <laughs> to where they're, they're literally a tang residue is their friend? Hey, another great morning. <laughs> sleep at all last night with Steve's stupid car alarm going off. Of course, then that wakes up your mother, and I gotta talk to her. <laughs> you almost lost your daddy last night, kids. What are you hiding? Nothing. Finished off the tang on me again, eh? Well, your dad still has a few tricks left in his tired old body. <laughs> Tang wipe. <laughs> They're having a tang wipe. Like now, now, do you mean that in like the context of um, would anybody actually like eat this stuff, or do you mean like they would have some food because they're not that poor? Yeah, which, like which... I think I think it's going a little too far on the the Peggy doesn't like shop <laughs> jokes. <laughs> like because literally she doesn't even have like her chocolate bonbons for her to eat in the house. There's nothing. Like I was just like, it, it's funny. I like the setup. I like the jokes. But a part of me was like, maybe that's a little too far. Uh, but we did get Tang Wipe out of it. So it's almost like, well, it's okay. Tang Wipe. Wait, is this the Tang Witch part? Do we have to eat that yet or no? We can. We Well, here's what we could do. Let's progress with the show. How about we eat tang wipe on the season two wrap-up show okay so do y'all know where to get tang because i have found tang legit 100 percent tang i mean i assume it's at walmart is it not? <laughs> i've only seen it at sam's club yeah now yeah this this food thing uh i'm sorry i i understand what you're saying but i don't know if you're really serious when you say they're maybe taking it too far as in the to the point where you're not enjoying this because I love this. Like the fact that they're finding a cornflake between the refrigerator and the sink is amazing to me. What's even worse is the way they're eating and squabbling over a cornflake that's stuck between the refrigerator and the sink. And Peg walks in rubbing her belly because she just knocked back a slam dunk breakfast at Kippy's. Is that supposed to be like Denny's? Yeah, pretty much. You just jogged my memory. I believe they actually do go to Denny's. I think it's weird. I think as the show got bigger... They were able to clear more stuff. Yeah, I feel like I've heard Denny's. I don't know why. I feel like I've heard that on this show, but... 
Peg, you want to get that? It's probably the homeless on their It Could Be Worse tour. <laughs> That's one of the greatest lines in the world. Yeah, that, that had me rolling. Hi. I just stopped by to apologize if Steve's car alarm kept you up last night. He's out of town, and it's his first night away from his new Mercedes, so he set his alarm on ultra-sensitive. The slightest touch, and it goes off all night. Does it have a brother? <laughs> I, man, I realized today how much I love Steve, because in my notes, when, he go, when she goes, oh, Steve is away, I immediately wrote my notes, wait, Steve is away, screw this episode. Because <laughs> I was just like, if Steve's not in this episode and it's just Marcy, I'm going to be pissed. Wow, I wish I could watch this with your guys' eyes. It must be amazing. Like, you're you're bummed out because you think Steve is gone from the episode, and it's all about him. I know. Talk about talk about a complete change. This this episode is full of twists and turns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Speaking of the sixth sense, there is some M Night Shyamalan like twist. Yeah. for the show. Look, I'm sorry, but you can't blame him. It's a magnificent piece of machinery. So how's it drive? How should I know? He won't let me near it. Well, consider yourself lucky. The thing you can't touch is in the garage. Mine is in the bedroom. Justin, if you had a really nice Mercedes, would you let your wife near it? Did I buy it? Yeah. Then no, she doesn't go near it. She can buy her car. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like Steve with that? Yeah, dude. I'm not. I'm not a fan of like. If I buy something nice, like if I bought it for <laughs> us, then yeah, of course. But if I buy it for me, then hold on. Let's like. Does Tiffany this. ride your motorcycle? No, but she drives my truck. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say like, let's look at it from because at this point, this isn't like his show car or anything like that like this is they they both have their own car but at a certain point sometimes you gotta drive the other person's car yeah it's not like ferris bueller's dad's car her car was in the shop so she literally had no vehicle to use so i'm kind of like did steve leave knowing that her car was in the shop or did it go in the shop like what kind of a husband who loves his wife so much literally is going to leave her but without we, a but car you know what away. though dude i would normally s- agree with you there but we do know steve and cars from have you driven a ford lately and he gets he gets googly eyed and obsessed he changes into a completely different person when it comes to cars even when he was buying that car remember yep valid point okay how about this let's talk about steve's character arc you're we're talking about a guy who literally when his wife said Stephen Rhodes underneath all that blah, blah blah you're just a man he goes that is not true <laughs> I still love that one <laughs> funny still oh yeah it'll never it'll never die um like and all the way he treats Marcy the way he you know come on Al I actually love my wife and things like that and yet they're having this whole relationship that we know nothing about where he's so I I don't know what to say controlling. I, I'm not gonna make him look like an abusive guy or something, but to he he has some kind of thing to the point where Marcy was so upset about this car thing that she says he's an idiot. You know, sometimes I get so mad I could just kill that man. 
Peggy, when Al got his new car, did he let you drive it? A few times. Once he had no brakes, and someone had to take it to the mechanic. Listen, Peggy, can I borrow your car? I need to go to the supermarket. My car doesn't go there. What's wrong with your car? It's in the shop. Just take his car. It's your car, too. I don't know. I'd have to change the seat and the mirrors. It took him weeks to set them just right. What do you care what he wants? You're right. Of course. I'm taking his car for a drive. You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to change all the preset stations on his radio. He's an idiot. It is my car, too. You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to go in reverse, then shift into drive without coming to a complete stop. <laughs> oh, man. Put it in reverse and without coming to a complete stop. And, like, she was really... There's some pent-up issues going on in this marriage. The, the whole thing, even Steve... I don't want to jump ahead, but, like, doing what he did to Marcy, following through with this idea, is, like, so unlike Steve. It's a very different different level to him that we haven't seen uh, so much. We've seen little brief glimpses of it. Right. But for the most part, he's, you know, more like without a backbone and like spineless and right. stuff when it comes to Marcy. So Lit- it is really, really interesting to see him, you know, go the other way. And what you were saying about like, I almost wish that we could see like, and I don't know that for all I know this happens in a later episode or something, but like the episode starts in the living room of the roads or something and see them like wake up in the morning and stuff. <laughs> yeah. and like just, just as like a little like comparison or like a parallel, <laughs> you know? And also it seems like they are classic, you know, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they see, have you ever met a couple who are just so like goody good and like just just all in love with each other so much right. in public, but then when you see them in private, where like nobody else is around, <laughs> you just happen to be there, they're like way more like at each other's throats and like they put on a show all the time. Like yeah, you almost yeah. get the vibe that Stephen Morrissey have a little bit of that going on. But we also learned from this episode that they have had, like Alex was saying, these comp- they must have had these arguments or conversations in which Steve is like, ah, don't touch my car, stuff like that. So it's like we never get to see that aspect of their relationship, at least this thus far. Right. Um, because these conversations have to happen when they're alone. They have to. They don't really happen when you know we're around or the Bundys. Yeah, we, we can't observe it, right. The, 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 we have had the argument – happen a few times in front of us where the question was brought up and one of them had a clear-cut answer and the other one was like uh whoa no we didn't discuss that oh yeah oh the the vasectomy yeah with the vasectomy so i i don't think we can clearly say either way on this because we also don't know did steve tell her not to drive the car because you know like he says later on it's his car it's his it's all his and it's right. just him being selfish and lovely dubbing over his and car. he said it don't feel like it's mine anymore since she touched it yeah or or you know at some point does marcy then look at this and be like oh is it because i'm a woman and i can't drive would steve think like that well that's how al thinks exactly but in this episode literally the only scene you're missing is a certain conversation between al and steve right otherwise this episode would have been just like multiple other married with children episodes where we see that happen yeah we get the marcy and peggy side where 
Marcy shows up with a problem, gets an answer from Peggy, does that answer, it backfires. We usually have the same thing happening parallel with Steve and Al yeah, at the and, exact same time. And I don't mean necessarily that they're at each other's throats like that example that I use about a couple that you would know. I'm just saying that maybe that there is a little bit more of, you know, more than meets the eye. That's all, you know, in private actually, than in public. That does make sense, because if you think back to the episode uh, Married Without Children, where the kids have the party, oh, yeah. Marcy and Steve want to particularly make it to where they they let them have a party and it got so bad that they would never let them babysit again because it saves space for them and they get out of it. They let the party happen like they shouldn't have, but they can just chalk it up to, you know, we didn't know. Even though you told us, who who the hell listens to you? <laughs> right. And and they have the party, but it's more along the line, so they never have to do it again. But we see this all the time, especially with Marcy and Steve, where they love to act like they know more about everything than Alan Peck. And we see this happen a lot where it backfires, whether it's a driveway or or uh, someone stealing money from a bank. We have this di- this happen all the time, and that a hundred. It is nice that it happens sometimes. Where is is cluster fucky as the Bundys are, like they kind of have a little bit of street smarts sometimes. That oh, yeah. that uh, the roads kind of overlook sometimes, and that's it, the whole dynamic. That's the whole relationship dynamic between the newlyweds and the people who've been married for sixteen years. You know, the Bundys. This isn't their first rodeo. And the roads, it is their first rodeo, basically. So it's and and that's and you get to see the juxtaposition there, and that's the whole, that's the beauty of of uh, just like with our show, like me compared to you guys, it's perfect. You know, having the middleman and Jerry and you completely new. There's a juxtaposition that it's it's a balance, and that's what makes this. I mean, the actual real Married Children show work. And it's just, but it's just like interesting, like the character arc of Steve, because, you know, you have, you know, obviously, like Jerry said, Alan Pegg whispering into his ear uh, and uh, Pegg whispering into Marcy's ear in the whole episode, whose room is it anyway? But Steve doesn't go through, he doesn't like put his foot down about anything like, uh, I want my pool room. Instead, he comes back and says, we want a sitting room that we could just... (laughs) escape the pressures of the living room like which is still the worst <laughs> idea for a room escape. ever you already have a room to sit in it's called the living room right not which did, by did the you, way did you know anybody that had a sitting room i actually know people who had, I, I knew someone who had a sitting room yeah it's called my grandparents right and no one yeah, sits it was in called it. my friends also did y'all did y'all know the i, I don't know if y'all care did y'all know why the living room is called the living room because you live most of your life in there. That's what I thought. My <laughs> grandfather recently told me the reason people have a living room and then like a uh, a den or a sitting room is because one of those rooms would be where you would have the body as it waits to go to the funeral. Like so after it was what? done, you would have the body displayed in that room and you would, and so when they stopped doing that, they started calling it the living room. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there because I thought it was I thought it was super strange, and I was like, you okay, know what? so instead You're of having strange. having your wake at the funeral parlor, instead you have the wake at your house. No, I'm not trying to have a dead body in my house anymore. Anymore. 
Huh? Well, I'm in. I'm in it all, <laughs> JP. Obviously. Well, normally they're in his trunk. That's his new thing. My my car doesn't have a trunk. Oh, that's right. You have a what, what do you have? A little basket in the back of your bike or something? Yeah, I have a basket in my bike. I can't. I can only fit. I have to do like a foot or a hand at a time. I can't use in a car. We forgot. <laughs> uh, I, I guess that's why I didn't ask Jerry a few episodes ago if, if he ever siphoned gas from anyone's car. Yeah. Like he's like, well, where would I put it? So, <laughs> can we talk about? The thing that Al does to show his children that he loves them, he doesn't need to say to his children, I love you. He shows it. And he does something that I never saw coming. Never thought this would happen, ever. Mom, Bud found a cornflake between the refrigerator and the sink, and he won't share. (laughs) Oh, this is ridiculous. Come on, kids. This may be against everything I believe in, but I'm taking you out to breakfast. All All right. right! Now, kids... Now, when we get to the restaurant, something strange will happen. A woman will bring you food. Now, uh... (laughs) don't be scared. She's called a waitress. It's just God's alternative to mommy's. Boy, squabbling over a meal. Thank God Steve's a liberated man and cooks for me. It's amazing if you're thinking like, well, Al, why don't you just either do this all the time or why don't you go food shopping like it's the strangest thing like we already talked about like why would al have any money that's accessible to peg lang lying around like wouldn't he hide his money in a shoebox? i said you know a few episodes ago like and the, and the same thing if she's not gonna do anything with your money but feed herself and buy coats and jackets then what why does she have any access but we went through that already and also the the next best line in this episode Waitresses are the are God's alternative to mommies. Mommies, yep. I like that. the line where he says, um, "Of course, of course, they're good. Pancakes are better when they're cooked." Or <laughs> yeah, like I go, he goes, "It was cooked." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> or then when they're talking about uh, uh, Steve, thank God Steve is a liberated liberated man who cooks for me, uh, like. Just the back and forth uh, with the food in this episode is funny, like blowing smoke in his eggs. And then you later see her cooking eggs where she clearly like blows the smoke straight down. What does he want me to expect? Me to quit smoking? (laughs) And like, how do they have eggs to cook? How come the kids weren't eating that yesterday? I mean, they're eating a cornflake between the – and it's like – like I think Peg said, why doesn't Al cook? And it's like, well, there's no food to cook even if he was willing – What's there to cook? Was he going to fry a cornflake? So uh, Marcy is, like I said earlier, verbally bashing the crap out of Steve about this car thing. It's obviously something that is bothering her. Who convinces her? I think Peg convinces her to go ahead and drive Steve's car. So she does. Marcy comes back and uh, she drove Steve's car like he said not to do. And Al's just wondering, uh, what'd you hit? Mars, how'd the Mercedes drive? You drove Steve's Mercedes? What'd you hit? You know, Al, this may surprise you, but women today are race car drivers, pilots, astronauts, anything we want to be. We're just as good as men. What'd you hit? A fire hydrant. What am I gonna do? Gee, I don't know. You never should have driven his car. <laughs> 
Like, how did Al know that? Like, when you guys, when when she took the car, you know, it was made clear she was going to drive it. Uh, did you guys, were, were you even thinking there's there has to be some kind of payoff here? Like, she has to hit something or? Yeah. 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 I was, was actually set thinking up. she was going to wreck it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I Like, 100%, something's going to happen to this car. Most likely her wrecking it. Steve is going to kill me. I've tried every body shop in town, and they can't fix it till next week. Oh, why bother? I'll just tell Steve the truth. He'll be so happy I wasn't hurt, he'll throw his arms around me and forgive me. Yeah, I'm going home right now so I can be there first thing to tell Steve when he walks in the door. Well, when Peg is looking out the window to tell Marcy, you know, Steve is home and blah, blah. Now he's going in the garage. No, wait, he's going here, blah, blah. It, again, we're back at the dilemma where it looks like Peg is looking across the street again. Uh, I don't know why they don't have them go to the side sliding door that's behind the Bundy couch and just have her look at an angle towards the front of the house. Like, that would imply more that their house is next door. But when they keep going to that front window, man, I'm like, how are they seeing Steve? Because you got to remember, there's that whole wall there. The layout of this place. Can somebody please draw us a map? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody draw a map and post it on our Facebook. We know that the apple tree episode, it's clear they're next to each other. But what is going on with the rest of this stuff? So did you, would you guys, if you were uh, married, would you... With children or without uh, with you have to it's this only implies with children uh and you forgot it was christmas would you just like hide in your bedroom for the weekend while your kids oh yeah and as soon as they came and started t- talking to me about it i'd be like uh do you want to know what happened to me when i was in the seventh grade <laughs> <laughs> that's him hide me i'll pay you <laughs> he's getting out he's paying now he's going into the house. No, no, no. It's the garage. The car's in there. <laughs> but he'll never see the den. It's too dark. Ah! Marcy! She's in here, Steve. <laughs> Marcy. Oh, Steve, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You moved my seat. Uh, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Steve, I missed you so much. Let's never go home. No, Marcy, let's not gloss over this. You've done a terrible thing. It took me weeks to get that seat the way I like it. It took me almost as long as it took to properly adjust the mirrors and set my radio stations. Uh, How long will it take you to adjust the fire hydrant-shaped hole she put in the passenger side? I spoiled Marcy's surprise. Al, did you have to tell him? You betcha. Oh, it'll be okay. It's just a dent. (laughs) What am I worried about? My Mercedes, my Oh, he'll be fine. See, whenever Steve goes away overnight, he comes home consumed with passion. So all I have to do is pretend that I am, too. He'll forget about that car, and we won't make it out of the bedroom until Monday. Gee, 
You know, the only time Al and I ever spent a weekend in the bedroom is when we were hiding from the kids because we forgot it was Christmas. <laughs> uh, so, uh, for anybody with an eagle eye here, uh, Bud's uh, brand new skateboard can be seen uh, on the landing of the stairs. Um, you know, the skateboard he got during Master the Possibilities in the beginning when uh, they hid their gifts behind the couch, expecting Al not to see it when he walked in the house. So that skateboard is still looming. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> turns out, Marcy comes back <laughs> the next morning and unloads, no pun intended, on Peg and Al that Steve is impotent. <laughs> and for those of you who are not, who don't have even the slightest vocabulary, that means his uh, his penis no longer uh, gets an erection. What that means is his head is so messed up from this car accident, and his car is messed up. It's the greatest thing in his life. Uh, he loves his car, and Marcy touched it and ruined everything, and Steve is just not interested sexually anymore. <laughs> Well, Steve forgave me. He's the most wonderful man in the world. Why can't you be more like Steve? And Steve's impotent. <laughs> My God. Al, you are like Steve. Oh, Marcy. It's only one night. Give it a reasonable period of time. You know, back in 74, I thought Al had that problem. But by 79, it cleared up fine. <laughs> but Steve is Mr. Ever-Ready. <laughs> and we tried six times last night. So uh, six times she attempted to get him aroused, and it's like shooting pool with a rope. I mean, it's just not happening. <laughs> shooting pool with a rope. I think Indiana Jones could shoot pool with a rope. <laughs> six times in one night? Did you hear that, Al? <laughs> hey, give me some credit. I could fail six times, too. <laughs> but Steve never failed before. Right. Let's get to the bottom of this. The first time you tried... Was the light on? Yes. There you go. He saw you. If that's Steve, please don't tell him you know about his problem. Hey, buddy, what's up? Whoops. I uh, hope we didn't keep you up last night. Oh, dear. What's that in your pocket? My car keys. <laughs> What's the matter? I should probably uh, overcome by the uh, six times we did it last night. <laughs> yeah, Steve, you're a real stallion. Uh, listen, let's say we go down to the ice cream shop and get a... Uh... Softy. I can't believe you told him. Okay, we all know, like, the ending here, but still, let's take that out of the account. 
if this happened to you and your wife told the neighbors and you walked in <laughs> and the guy the husband of the na- you know the neighbor husband said uh hey guy uh do you want to go to the ice cream shop and get a softy that that's a that's a pretty big betrayal right yeah i think i think so i mean that's a that's a pretty embarrassing. It makes like anything that's gonna make you feel less of a man in front of <laughs> other men, I think is like a little bit dirty of a move. Yeah. Plus, how do you not know? Okay, guy talk is guy talk, but to bring it up in general, first of all, you should not be talking about the bedroom problems openly in front of everybody with your girls. I can understand. Right. And, yeah. And- yeah. Because girls, they're gonna have their girl talk. In the presence of Al, like, that's just Ugh. a low blow, man. What about you? Like, you would feel that too, Alex? Oh, God. Yeah, don't don't you remember how I reacted with Peg kind of taking all the masculinity and dignity away from Al with the freaking uh, the bug Al's guy, the termite guy? guy? You remember? So, like, how do you think I'd feel with this? I'd be <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Is I mean, this just happened hours ago. Is anything sacred or private or like you have to discuss this and it's it's weird because steve comes in and he goes hey guys i uh, hope i didn't keep you up with our six times last night like uh, and he's like yeah you're a real stallion steve but it's like why would you even say that like why would you if you failed six times why would you walk around acting like you actually accomplished it six times in front of marcy because one you're overcompensating and two it's known that every time he comes back, they go at it like crazy. This episode's not the first time they've mentioned that. So it's almost like he, he's trying to keep up appearances. You know when someone's trying to hide something and they need to keep up appearances, they overextend. They always overextend. That's what's happening right here. I'm sorry. It's just that you were once a mighty oak, and now... A hanging vine. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is a temporary thing due to overwork, stress, or or uh, overuse. I'm not worried at all. Well, I'm going to go out, pump some iron, toss football, let the girls see what they can't have. I mean, because I'm married. <laughs> not because I can't. Because I can't. He can't, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Marcy is, you know, she's at a loss and she needs some advice. So who do you go to? The god of advice, Al Bundy himself. And wow, uh, this is like the most chauvinistic. I mean, this is the funniest thing in the world. And I love Al's delivery. He's like, he's like, uh, World-renowned uh, something, Hugh Hefner, found, uh, you know, did oh, great yeah. strides in this field. We believe you can change. <laughs> yeah, what he calls him, a scientist? Yeah, like... That was great. The whole thing, like, you know, you guys said that you were cringing during the, uh, uh, when uh, Tiffany came over the house, the hot homeless girl, um, with the way Al was behaving. But man, I gotta say, I was like a little like, oh, like God, when... Al's talking to Marcy here. And the fact that she sat there and listened to this is just astounding. She must have been really desperate. What can I do for you? 
I need to know how to turn a man on. Well, I'm not a plastic surgeon, but I'll do what I can. <laughs> See, Marcy, you touched Steve's car. Now, what did Steve ask you not to do? Touch his car. What did you do? Touched his car. I can't hear you. I touched his car, so what? What? So you disobeyed a man, which means you weren't doing your job as a woman. <laughs> See, the thing is, women don't understand that men don't really need them. See, if you want to talk to someone, you talk to the guys. If you want to have some fun, you go with the guys. You want sex, you reminisce with the guys. <laughs> now, let's get back to women. What are they for? The two seats. Cooking? Kitchen. Oh. Al, I'm amazed your knuckles don't bleed when you walk. Good day, Marcy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go on. Very well. So we've established that we don't need you. Now, let's ask ourselves, what the heck do we keep you around for? It's because we're optimists. We believe that you can change. The world-renowned social scientist, Mr. Hugh Hefner, has, <laughs> has made great strides in that area. Get to it, Java man. Very well. Marcy, your problem is you're not servile enough. So, young lady, if you want to save your marriage, you're going to have to learn to compromise a little bit. Put down that briefcase. Pick up a dish rag and be a woman. <laughs> only say this. There may be something alive with fewer brain cells than you. But whatever it is, wherever it is, I'm sure its name is Bundy. You should be on all fours, pulling a wagon full of borax across the desert. Your compost, your phlegm, you are a true pork product. See, this didn't make me cringe at all because it's the it's the common chauvinistic Al versus the feminist Marcy. That's their thing. That like I didn't even like even with Marcy like acting like a a puppy dog who's in trouble with her head down the entire time and talking kind of low. Like it, it, it wasn't cringy at me to me. JP, what about you? Was it cringy? No, no, not at all. Oof. That's that's strange. He was at another level here. He never got this bad. <laughs> Uh, no, he's never gotten this bad directly towards Marcy, but he's said things much like this to Steve with no issue. Uh, right. I guess just doing it to her face was a little much. I mean, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't care, but it's a joke, <laughs> you know, but it's just like, uh, I guess I'm like, uh, getting, you know, believe me, you don't have to get me into this show and, uh, or anything like that, but this doing this show has gotten me more into it and I feel like I'm living it now a little differently. I'm like getting really in the headspace. So I'm kind of like in the, mo in the moment a little bit better now. Do you ever, um, sorry to cut you off, but no, no. whenever I'm get really into a show and I'm like watching it all the time, which with the show we are, we watch it multiple times a week. Do you ever like start squeezing in like the way like jokes happen or maybe even certain jokes or just the way like you present yourself or something into real life from the show like oh yeah like, i can't think of any examples right now but like i swear I, i'm like 
adding more Al into my life and, <laughs> and sometimes even even like Steve and, and just like randomness and it's just like well, I, I don't I don't think I do, do anything that, that I do no that I don't think I do I anything like that. Steve <laughs> so stupid <laughs> yeah he's I wearing blue sweaters time. already yeah it's so weird like I I, th- I almost like am living my life like it's a sitcom every once in a while <laughs> Oh, it's so funny you say that. You know what my sister used to tell me my whole life? She said, Alex, when you walk in a room, do you hear an audience start clapping? (laughs) I was like, what? She goes, for some reason, your life is like, you're like a living (laughs) TV sitcom. And clearly, if it's anything, it's married with children. So do you hear like, yeah, Al? (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, no, not yet. But uh, so Al uh, shows a little bit of stupidity here. He he he's kind of channeling a little bit of Kelly uh, with the two C's: uh, cooking and <laughs> kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> yeah, like, that was a great joke though, because you thought he was going to say cooking cleaning. and cleaning. Yeah, and he didn't. And that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> also, even though his whole speech is chauvinistic. There is actually a line in there that's very, very important when it comes to relationships. Um, and that's and, and that's uh, learn to compromise. Right. That actually is a very valid point. He didn't have to say all all of that stuff like a woman you're disobeying like you're disobeying <laughs> a man, so you're not doing your job as a woman. Oh my god. He could have just went straight to the you need to compromise. You need to understand more from his side and, and look at it from where he's coming from. But instead he says that. It's funny though. He's you gotta remember, Al at this point Okay. His plan is an effect. I mean I I don't know if you guys are listening to this show for pure entertainment value on its own or you know this episode. So I'm really trying to dance around the end here because, uh, like we said, we found out that not everybody watches the show before they hear us. So I guess I will try to present this as as it is on the show. So I'm not going to say the ending. But, uh, w- you know, with us knowing the ending, Steve put part of something in motion and now this is it's like an alley-oop al is sort of slam dunk in it and in that sense what i'm trying to say is al really has to sell this to marcy because that's the only way this all works yeah would you start off by saying the most repulsive insulting things you could ever say to a feminist do you think al's overextending to make sure it works do you like do you think he's ah, going so, a little overboard because he's trying? Like he's he's like I don't want her to catch on, so I have to make sure I really. Like if he just if he just sits down and talks to Marcy and it's like a heart to heart and he's all like like serious and doesn't say anything offensive, right. she might it might tip her off that like wait a minute this isn't is this Al I'm talking to? Wow, he is so smart, and so are you guys for realizing that. Or it could just be that he can't turn it off because he is who he is and it's just ingrained <laughs> in him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with either answer. But yeah. I do love the fact that he, he ends it with, will you take my advice? Are you going to take my advice? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Al, for your time and help. Pig. <laughs> Almost like trying to get that reassurance that, that hey, yeah. this is working. Like, oh, me... Steve, it's working, man. You just got to put together the, your, uh, you know, next part of this plan. and Yeah. Well... Uh, Marcy takes his advice. Uh, we see her serving Steve on hand and foot 
with a pinch of salt, uh, one oh bite of potato, <laughs> rubbed he feet. Put the, he put the salt on one piece of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Toothbrush to the grout in the bathroom, organizing razor blades, temperature lowered one degree. Do you guys organize your razor blades? <laughs> no, my razor blades are like in a rusty pile somewhere. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even have razor blades. I have an Shall electric shaver. Oh, ha, ha. yeah, you're funny. Uh, we know, Jeremy. That's actually in my disc wrap that I'm going to write for you. The potatoes can use more salt. She makes her go downstairs because on one of her six trips, she didn't bring it up, which is honestly her fault. I mean, honestly, it really is. You're serving potatoes and you made six trips up and down the stairs and not one of them involves salt or pepper. That is bizarre. So she's wrong. She should go back downstairs. I agree. So she goes. He takes it, puts it in his hand, then just pinches it, twists it (laughs) over one piece of the potato, eats it, puts it all down. I'm done. So you did all that just so I could take a bite. (laughs) Then then he does the one degree bit. Nice twist, Steve. Wait, what was the one degree bit? The it's a little chilly in here. Can you turn up the, the the heat up by just one degree? Oh, I said turn it down before. Yeah, I was turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> now, guys, this joke has been in my life for 20 years. Uh, I'm fascinated by Steve's food order here. And, you know, as technology improved, I, I looked it up and stuff. So what would you like for dinner tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. Something simple. How about beef Wellington and baked Alaska? On a work night? I mean, I guess I could get up early and go to the market before work and then come home at lunch and grind the goose liver, separate the eggs, and make the pastry dough. I should be able to have it on the table by eight. No, I don't like to eat that late. Then I just won't sleep. I'm sure it's no trouble. No. I told my wife that before I die, I really would like you to go ahead and make that. So just uh, don't get any sleep um, and make sure you get the French vanilla ice cream, by the way. Baked Alaska is a dessert food consisting of ice cream and cake topped with browned marinu, marinu. How do you say that? M-E-R-I-N-G-U-E. Meringue? Oh, meringue. <laughs> please cut that out did he just really say please cut that out to himself to my future self yeah. uh no do not cut that out guys i'm gonna sound like an idiot okay it's wait a so minute good. okay let's see let, let's see what beef willington is beef willington when you got problems with the british dude she doesn't say anything anymore how, what am I paying a month for this? What are you doing, God, your man? Phone, your phone doesn't even want to talk to you, Alex. <laughs> Beef Wellington is a preparation of filet steak coated oh, with pate and duxelises. Duxelis. Duxelis. How be you the host of a podcast? You can barely talk. <laughs> okay, you say D-U-X-E-L-L-E-S. Oh, no, I'm not Matt Wiesel. I ain't saying shit. <laughs> exactly. So don't make fun of me. Which is then wrapped in <laughs> puff pastry and baked. But, dude, this looks complicated. That, that, yeah, that's really complicated <laughs> sounding. Like, I was going to say, like, oh, we should do, we should try these things for the show, too. But, like, nah. 
<laughs> well, but maybe we could. Maybe we could it, turn in turn it into whatever horrendous thing where we could all make a video. Oh my god! <laughs> we all make a video like vlogging us trying to cook this and eat we it. We should. That would be great. Oh, that would be great. That would wow, be funny. Great idea. We got to write all this stuff down. Yeah, because we do that all the time, where we come up with ideas and then they're lost in they're lost in the infinity of yeah of the airwaves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I just mentioned everything that Marcy has been doing to serve Steve. I love to cook. Oh, Marcy. Mm. And I love to clean. Oh, Marcy. And I'll never touch your car again. Oh, Marcy. Mm. Mm. Oh, Steve. Mm. Oh, Steve! <laughs> And he he did reward her with an erect genitalia. That is true. By the way, I I, I find it funny. I ha- like at the erect part, I have erection. Al's plan worked, which is funny because here in a moment we're gonna get into. After these messages. There's no snow on our forecast today. Mercedes-Benz introduces Formatic. Outwitting the weather and the road with the most advanced all-wheel drive system ever put in a car. Formatic. It may just obsolete other all-wheel drive systems. Not to mention weather forecasts. And tonight, she's making me beef Wellington and baked Alaska. (laughs) Boy, I wish I had a wife. (laughs) Al I don't know how I can ever thank you This impotence scheme of yours Has given me a wife I never even dreamed existed I gotta tell you though It was rough Faking failure But thanks for the advice Trying to figure out why Bruce Willis is a star really helped. Uh, I got plenty of... Uh, did you do the salt bit? Yep. The thermostat? One degree. <laughs> nice twist. <laughs> like, I did not see the twist coming. At all. They 100% got me. So... Wow. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, too. I, di- I didn't write anything down, but I, w- I thought that, like... Oh. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it, you know. I just thought the episode was going to go in, like, where the typical episodes. And that's, you know, once we get into the ending and we get into our ratings, that's one of the things that I was really happy about is that it it did something that I wasn't expecting. Oh, yeah. Steve, I'm having some problems with the baked Alaska. I got plain vanilla ice cream instead of French vanilla. That's okay. Never mind, I'll get it. It's just that my car is still in the shop. Can I use your... (laughs) Never mind. I'll walk. A brisk four-mile jaunt should do me good. Oh, did I mention I want a whipped cream? Oh, well, I'll send her back out. And Alex, when your wife won't let you use the car, will you go on a brisk four-mile jog just to get French vanilla ice cream? <laughs> four miles. Of uh, wait, did I tell her I also want uh, – what was the thing he said? <laughs> cool Whip. Yeah, Cool Whip. 
Eh, I'll send her back. Yeah, I'll send her back out. But it's actually made with Cool Whip, so you actually – she had to do that. Yeah. You know, she she actually is not making baked Alaska without the Cool Whip. So uh, once again, uh, wow, I'm siding with uh, – I'm sounding like a bad guy in this episode. Once again, it's her fault because <laughs> you should have brought the salt and now you should have brought the whipped cream anyway. Well, here's the thing with the whipped cream. Is this also another instance like the bowling thing where they just got their information wrong and they didn't think about it when they made the joke? Most likely. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, how would you not know? That's a main ingredient. Well, how would you not know that 175 is not that how good How would you even know back then? Like, you <laughs> can't you even your phone and ask Siri. Married with children. <laughs> like we're, you have to go get a cookbook to like be like oh like make sure we have all our like you just I, generally know what it is you know I, I i feel like steve has cookbooks i don't think marcy would have had cookbooks i feel like steve has cookbooks though we had cookbooks in our house growing up in the 80s we had well it was, we had this one my mom never opened it she just made the same five things every week <laughs> but I, I mean like it was there i guess but i i just want to know can you name some of the five things yeah uh well stuffed cabbage Meatloaf, gross. <laughs> Pork chops, Yuck. Uh, spaghetti and meatballs, Ugh, gross jam. Raviolis, nope. uh, maybe depends on. I, I like Alfredo based. Uh, Ma, can course. Justin come over to eat? No, I'm good, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and the one, it's funny. Like uh, I guess when you're a kid, you don't really know to pick anything out with subs. So. <laughs> At, or sandwiches in general. Like, my mom decided to go, you know, get the cold cuts. And whenever we had the sub shop, she always ordered it for me. And the thing she always, for some reason, gave me, which makes me puke when I think about it now, is a sub with mustard, salami, bologna, and cheese. <laughs> and that's all I'd eat for 15 years. You like that? <laughs> no, Dude, that, that's all I knew. I didn't realize you can get good stuff because she just <laughs> kept on giving me that. What do you, what do you get? At, what do you, okay, let's say you're going to a sub shop. What do you get now? Oh, now it's mostly Italians or, or uh. You get Dave Z's? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I did say that weird. You get a, you get a, uh, Will Smith, a chicken to run. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how come we're not bringing up if any of us fake not having an erection? I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I wasn't going to bring it up because I don't know, like... At a oh, certain yeah. point, I mean, I can, like, it's like playing the game when you're uh, running you, your like, ABCs or something to make sure you don't finish and you keep going, but to, like, legit, like, concentrate hard enough that I can keep my body from having a natural reaction. Because you got to yeah. keep in mind that, like, like... Think about when you was in school, right? Like, there, yeah. was no, there was no not having one. It just yeah, would you, happen. You put that shit under your belt. Yeah, I didn't I would. <laughs> we were talking nah. about that. And I didn't learn the belt trick until I was like in like eighth grade, which it's like, uh, I, yeah, I never considered oh, that the waistband or belt trick. Man. That is sixth grade knowledge. How do you <laughs> not, not know me. that? Sixth grade. I, I used books and shit, dude. It was horrendous. I oh hated it. Oh my God. I used to just tape it to my, uh, right above my knee. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but no, like, seriously, like, because, like, uh, like, because you can, like, like, a, like, you're getting raped. You can have an erection. <laughs> you can have an orgasm. Like, it's a natural reaction. What? Your body can't help getting it. Raped? No. Yes, what? no. Like, what? Because I'm using an extreme example. Oh, like, if a teacher rapes me? 
Well, no, but like legit, yes. like a woman could get raped and still have an orgasm, or a guy could be getting raped by another male and get an erection. It's a natural reaction. <laughs> I don't think I could, homie. Uh, <laughs> I tell you this, but your G spot. Like I your- get the woman. I get the woman example because it's just you know. Okay, that makes well, sense. okay, okay. Even take like okay, uh, Peggy's mom is, is raping you. And you're, there is a chance your body is going to have a natural like if she. I can't get raped by women. <laughs> Guys can't get raped by women. What are you talking can. about? No, they, they can't. You're telling me if you saw the woman that was in the picture that Al showed Steve, with her arms flapping in the wind, she can lift kegs and she knocks you down and sits on top of you. You ain't getting up. And she yeah, starts. Well, good luck you. trying to get my dick to work. She's going to because you 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 agreed with me that you can just get an erection and it's hard to stop. If she yeah, starts, when I'm not fearing for my life, for I've never life. had She's... a boner when I was in a car crash. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Paul Walker, but some people do. Look, the point is, <laughs> you, this guy's you... like, oh man, I'm jumping out of this helicopter. Sure gives me a, an erection right now. <laughs> there actually are probably people who do that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Listen, we're not Steve in a bank here. But, nah, yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, your body can get an erection without you wanting to have it. So the idea that Steve was able to not have one was ridiculous to me, and I don't even see how it's possible. Yeah, that I don't get. I, and like, I, I mean, the example of like rape cases where they are documented. Fully documented men getting raped by women. Who were these guys? Dude, gay guys have been there's gay guys who have been raped by women who could like, uh, there's many stories where like, uh, the private dancer was a gay guy and the party got too far. And like, do you not watch law and order SVU? This was literally a case once. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Anyway, guys. So (laughs) it turns out that Al and Steve had an insane great plot that Steve is going to fake impotency, uh, in order to get the wife he always wanted. That's the, that's pretty crazy for Steve, man. I'm still kind of blown away that he he went through with this. Who had the idea, though? Because they don't clearly say which one had the idea. Because Steve kind of points that it's more Al's idea. Which I yeah. accept, and I fully assume that it is. Because Al comes up with his schemes and stuff. Like, yeah. Right. But the, the fact that, you know, Steve went through with it. And not only went through with it, but, like, even insinuated that he was going to go further with it. Maybe even by months. How long do you think I can play this thing out? Until you get the car fixed. Well, when are you going to take it in? A couple of weeks. <laughs> Hell, maybe not for a couple of months. After all, the dent's not even on the driver's side. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to me, you know, that, that it would end that way, really. But he must have really, really, really loved that car. Which Hold makes up. sense, because have you driven a Ford lately? We've seen how he reacts. Here's a Crazy theory, real quick, crazy theory. Do you think at a younger time in their marriage, he used this trick on Peggy, much like the the, the messed up leg thing? And it ended up- he's still and, using it today. Well, no, no. He used it <laughs> so much. He used it for too long that now he actually does have a problem. Do you he, think like, Al actually has a problem or it's just Peg that annoys him so he has a problem? I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing the theory out there that that maybe he did this at a younger age and that's why he knows about it and maybe it went too far and backfired it and that's why Peggy cannot use sex against him. Like if our homeless hitchhiker chick was was the chick, like he wouldn't have a problem, right? No. 
He he he. She made it so he can go upstairs and have sex with Peg. That girl is Viagra. Like he yeah. literally <laughs> kept himself from getting uh, uh, an erection with Peggy so much now that he has a problem getting an erection with Peggy, which is why in this show you see him have the most sex with Peggy when there are blonde chicks around, whether it's uh, in with uh, uh, Luke or whether it's with uh, the homeless chick. Well, we've had a lot of blondes we've talked about lately with Al. It's it's making us repetitive. <laughs> Wait, I'm just saying, but wouldn't that make sense that he did it so – because we're over here trying to figure out how one does that. And maybe he accidentally yeah, – Well, we know how you do it. You have to talk about – you have to think about why Bruce Willis is considered an A-list star. That's <laughs> yeah, all you have I'm to saying, do. Like, did, did that uh, – unfortunately, did he go too far and now he lo- now he can't stop thinking about Peg's mom when oh my God. he looked at Peggy? Like it backfired on him? I hope not. <laughs> this is what, go, hold on, uh, Alex, you said you've done this before. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I was real mad and 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 then she wanted to do something and I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything. And then, you know, she tries to fool slap it around or whatever and I'm like, and I just got a real focus. I think about football or I think about uh maybe the the shows I'm doing. I just think of anything else. <laughs> you think about us. Yeah, I think about you guys and it just does not go up. He was thinking about Dan Chase. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, so so you say that this is a this is a plausible thing because you did. Oh yeah. Huh. Well, wait, hold on. Was the girl Spanish? Yeah, but okay. Just saying, because if if she wasn't Spanish, I would be like, no, nah, I'm calling bull on this. But I'm used to that though, so you would think that any of them could make it go up. But no, like at this point, it's I've been doing this for like 15 years with them. Mm-hmm. It's like normal to me. It's like just being with a, a girl. I'm actually so surprised you don't have kids named Kelly and Bud at this point because you literally are <laughs> Al in real life with that <laughs> comment you just made. Like, just have kids, get a dog, and and name them Kelly and Bud, and let's get this over with. You want to hear it's real sad? I was actually going to – I told uh, Tiffany I would really like to buy the the buck dog. I think it's called a St. Bernard or something. No, no way Buck's a St. Bernard. No. Saint Bernard. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. It's called a uh, – no, I, I knew what it was called one time. I forgot. But uh, <laughs> that's the first name that I can think of for some reason. It's like a sheepdog looking thing or something. I uh, I used to know. I'm not going to look it up though. But uh, when, when we focus on Buck again, I'll look it up. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast.com at gmail.com thanks for checking out this review now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode alright guys we are uh, at the end of the show it is time to give our ratings for impotent Uh, how many times out of five are you going to fail tonight for this episode Justin uh, this episode's very solid. It's it's really funny. It starts out funny with the, you know, Tang stuff and the cornflake stuff and the and the 
peg taking the money and all full stuff and then it then it escalates into to a really like as jerry put like m night Shyamalan type episode you know i didn't really see any of that stuff coming so I, anytime that sitcoms break tradition because traditionally sitcoms follow a formula you know either that was set up by them or another sitcom uh so i like when shows kind of throw me a curveball so i'm gonna come in at four times failing out of five wow nice good reasons too uh so jerry uh how many times are you gonna fail tonight out of five for impotent you know what's funny? Okay, JP, you just brought up how they they broke like their tradition. When you really think about it, though, this twist ending is one hundred percent married with children. It literally is almost like if they had they had just taken one scene out of the planning, <laughs> and we just didn't get that scene, and then ever and and the girls didn't know, and and it would have been a normal married with children pot like their twist ending. We should have seen coming. I but guess, we, but we, I don't know. I, but I'm just saying, like, doesn't it? Like, you 100% could see Steve and Al doing this if they if they would have just had that one conversation earlier in the episode. We could probably write the conversation and act it out right now. But I feel yeah. like I feel like in the end, it would have like been like Steve going easy on her, like letting her go from the from the you know slavery or something. Okay. That's that's that is true. I will give you that. But I'm just saying their twist ending. It's only a twist because we didn't know. That's it. They're, it's actually right in line with what we've been watching. How yeah, impressive! Yeah, yeah. I could it? totally see them having that conversation for sure. Right. But I'm saying that makes the twist ending more impressive to me because when a twist happens and you can go back and go, oh, look at this, look at them saying this, look at them saying that. It was in front of my face the entire time, and I never caught it. Yeah, and like even Al asking that question to Marcy to kind of get that reassurance. Yes, exactly. That like it was in their fa- in our face the entire time, and I never caught on to it, not once. And I don't feel like it broke character for Steve because I still feel like this is Steve. Because it, it, you go back to the ring episode and the ring down Zoro's pants, right. and you go he lets her off. That makes you go, oh, Steve's always gonna let her off. Not when it comes to the Mercedes. Not necessarily because Al has been getting in Steve's ear more and more and more. And we're seeing what might lead to why Marcy and Steve end up divorcing. I'm just like I'm saying because I don't actually remember why they divorce. And don't don't say it because I actually want it to be a surprise. But if I'm looking at it and like going – this could be a key thing where you go. She divor- She eventually divorces him because of of him becoming more like Al. So, with that said, I think twisting is perfect. Um, you get to see Steve pull an Al, which is fantastic. You get to see Al take the kids out to eat, and you get to see Marcy come to Al for help. This has everything I would want in a married with children episode. And I actually give it a five out of five. I would fail five times. I would fail six times if I could. Just like Steve. I think this was one of the best written episodes that we have ever seen. Yep. It's funny. Even as a kid, I sort of recognize that. And to just reiterate or to back up what you said, yeah, Al has been getting in Steve's ear more and more lately. Look at Earth Angel. He's... 
you know, Steve actually con- considered paying five dollars to work to work in his yard. He uh, got in his ear with guys and dolls to get him to even sell Marcy stuff for these baseball cards as Steve like did 20 years ago or whatever, build a better mousetrap. He got him to dress up in this crazy outfit and just, he's just, he's just going along with so many like crazy ideas of Al that it's just uh, becoming a normal part of his life. Now it's not like some big turn of events anymore. And so I guess, I guess I could see, you know, the two of them sitting down and then Al says, you know, like, yeah, you know, we, we definitely can't make a positive out of this, Steve. And like, well, what are you talking about? Well, uh, you know, maybe uh, Marcy has to, you know, earn her way back. And blah, blah, blah. so I think the, the thing that makes this whole twist uh, work, you know, you could say, oh, it's a common episode. You know, we, we've seen this. We're just missing a scene. But I think the thing that, that sells it is what we're seeing. It's an insane comedic value that Steve cannot perform. And, uh, hey, what's up, buddy? Whoops. And, uh, you know, uh, let's go to the ice cream shop for a softy. Like, all that stuff, I can't believe you told him, and all that. Like, it, it just really plays as if there's no way there's anything going on here. There's no way that... They could have a conversation, and Steve somehow cannot perform in bed. Like how, like you guys said, can can you actually do this? You know, it's so far fetched that once you get that reveal, it is like, oh my god, amazing! Thank you, good night. And yeah, this has been a favorite of mine since I was like 15 years old, and I hardly knew what they were talking about in the beginning. But, you know, I guess I I don't even know what I thought back then. Uh, 15, I guess that's a little old. But even 12, I don't know, maybe. Kids grow up too fast. What do I know? Maybe I always knew what this meant. But anyway, I thought it was great all the way from back then. So I'm with Jerry. It's a 5 out of 5. This is like Married with Children perfection. Great episode. I've seen it over 20 times. JP, do you want to raise yours to a 4.5? I do not. I'm pretty confident Uh, on my rating, but uh, you guys... I, I see where you guys are coming from. I see where you guys are coming from. Uh, I'm a, I'm a. He's still warming up to the show. Yeah, yeah. Give me yeah. time. He's not there yet. <laughs> He's zoning in. Uh, hey guys, by the way, y'all want to celebrate our success and come over to my house tomorrow night? Well, I can show y'all how to make beef Wellington and baked Alaska. I already got all the stuff, and I don't need to sleep tonight. Hmm. That uh, sounds um. Uh, Justin, what do you think? Mm, I'd rather be a man and go to Kippies. Good call. Dun, 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 dun.